Howdy. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show. The phone number. Want to call in? 877-97-ERIC. 877-973-7425. Real quick, uh, you guys know I do a daily email. What some of you don't know is we send a lot of content just to subscribers. Uh, If you want to, we got a 20% off uh, running today. Text DATA. To three three seven seven seven, you'll get a link to save twenty percent. So, like you get discounts to the conference, which we will be bringing back the conference. I assure you, we got campaign seasons, and people want to run for president. I'm already getting people asking if they can come. I hadn't even agreed to have one. We will. You'll get a discount if you're a subscriber. You get exclusives. You get interviews that we don't put out otherwise. Uh, lots of content. We'll be interviewing a lot of candidates for office and public policy makers coming up. So you'll get this, get access to all that. Lots of exclusives as well as monologues and videos of the show that other people don't get. So text data to 33777. Click the link. Now, we must move on. I want to propose something. Reading a whole lot about climate change and the climate crisis. I want to propose that we should embrace climate change. Stop worrying about climate change. They keep pushing us saying that if we don't do something now, we're all going to die and really it's, it's the world will be fine. It's just humanity will suffer. I believe humanity is adaptable. Look at the Netherlands and the rising oceans there and what they've done. Look now at Italy and their um, project to keep the water out of Venice. The Moses Gates or whatever they call it. I think we need to adapt. The Democrats in Washington right now are expending enormous energy on public policy designed to essentially destroy our way of life. They're they're spending enormous energy to try to push us in directions that actually are not for our betterment. And they're rushing to get this done. And this is a key point here you need to understand. They're rushing to get it done before winter. Now, why before winter? Well, meteorologists are predicting a colder than normal winter in parts of the United States and in much of Europe. They say it's all climate change. Yes, the world is warming, but just because the world is getting warmer doesn't mean we won't have extreme weather events, including extreme cold. Right now, Antarctica is having record cold temperatures. It's colder in Antarctica now than it's ever been. And this is all, they say climate change, and it's all headed towards global warming, and the world is warming, and we're all going to die you know, the, the the tundra is going to begin to melt and it's going to release more carbon dioxide and it's going to just cause this cataclysmic greenhouse effect that's going to spin us into like being Venus and we're all going to die on an overheated, suffocating planet. It's not really true. They've got to get it done before winter because they're expecting a cold winter. And the Europeans, Western Europeans in particular, have shut down so much of their power grid. 
They've shut down their coal-burning power plants. They've refused to build nuclear power plants outside of France. The result is they are dependent on Russia for natural gas and in the alternative, wind and solar. Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but in the wintertime, the sun does not shine as much and it does not rise as high in the sky. And because the sun does not rise as high in the sky, solar panels are less efficient and less able to produce power in the winter. So as Europe has expanded its solar power, it's less efficient in the winter. And the windmills can freeze. The turbines can get too cold. We saw this in Texas. And so they're already telling Europeans to prepare for high prices and deaths. So the Democrats have got to get this Green New Deal passed. ASAP. They have got to get it done now before winter sets in and Republicans have another talking point against it. It's one thing to say it in theory, but to see it in real time is going to change people's minds. So they got to get it done. I saw hysteria yesterday that within 100 years, Places like Long Beach, California, and the Santa Monica Pier, San Diego, they're all going to be underwater. Miami will be flooded. They're all going to be underwater. Charleston, New Orleans, San Diego, all flooded. Parts of New York and Boston, all flooded because of climate change. Within 100 years. Now, they say the computer modeling, you know. If the Netherlands can build a series of locks and dams and channels to keep the water from rising and flooding Holland, I assume the United States can do the same. But the left would rather us give up our lifestyle than adapt. Oh, yeah, storms, more violence. Yeah, we we may have more violent storms. That's one of the predictions. Uh, Less hurricanes, but more violent, rapidly uh, generating powers. They get closer to shore. We've seen this this year. We may see more tornadoes. We may see more violent storms. Okay, adapt. Build a tornado shelter. Adapt. Move away from the coast. Free up a house in Hilton Head for me. Somebody give me some money so I can buy one. Adapt. I'll take the house in Hilton Head and pay the insurance costs. You you go live in the mountains. Adapt. I also want a house on the mountains near Lake Burton, too, so I'm greedy. But adapt. Stop fretting about it and stop trying to change it. Stop trying to turn the clock back. Stop trying to reverse it. Adapt. Do you know American uh, American emissions have been declining while the rest of the world have been going up? And, and notice the conversation always about what is the United States going to do? What will America do? Why should we do anything? It's the rest of the world that has the problem. We've been neutral or in decline in our emissions since the early 2000s. Now, one of the things the Democrats want is a carbon tax. Joe Manchin is saying no. And now John Tester, who is a progressive Montana senator. People think of Montana as a very conservative. Tester plays more conservative than he is. He's actually pretty deeply progressive. 
he nearly lost uh, this last time. Uh, he he wound up in, I guess, what, 2018? or uh, He wound up winning re-election barely. He held on. He's far more progressive, but he's a great campaigner. And he's killing the carbon tax. Why? Montana has a lot of oil producing now through fracking and the like. Doesn't want a carbon tax. That would hurt industry in Montana. The left is enraged today because they thought that was the simple solution. And now there's this, David Korn at Mother Jones. Here's his headline. It has just hit the wire. Scoop. Manchin tells associates he's considering leaving the Democratic Party and has an exit plan. In recent days, Senator Joe Manchin has told associates that he is considering leaving the Democratic Party if President Joe Biden and Democrats on Capitol Hill do not agree to his demand to cut the size of the social infrastructure bill from $3.5 trillion to $1.75 trillion, according to people who have heard Manchin discuss this. Manchin has said that if this were to happen, he would declare himself an independent. And he has devised a detailed exit strategy for his departure. Manchin has been in the center of a wild rush of negotiations with his fellow Democrats and the White House over a possible compromise regarding Biden's ambitious Build Back Better package and Manchin's opposition to key provisions, including Medicare and Medicaid expansion, an expanded child tax credit, and measures to address climate change has been an obstacle that the Democrats have yet to overcome. As these talks have proceeded, Manchin has discussed bolting from the Democratic Party. He told associates he has a two-step plan. First, he'd send a letter to Chuck Schumer, removing himself from the Democratic leadership of the Senate. He's the vice chairman of the Senate Democrats Policy and Communications Committee. He would wait and see if that move had an impact on negotiations. After a week, he would change his voter registration from Democrat to Independent. It's unclear whether in this scenario he would end up caucusing with the Democrats, which would allow them to continue to control the Senate or side with the Republicans and place the Senate in GOP hands. In either event, he would hold great sway over half the Congress. Manchin would not side with the Republicans. He's not a Republican. He could be an independent. You've got Angus King. He's an independent who caucuses with the Democrats. You've got Bernie Sanders. He's a socialist who caucuses with the Democrats. You could have Joe Manchin, an independent who caucuses with the Democrats. He's just not in the Democratic authority and has no no need to help the Democrats. You kind of want him to do that because it still keeps Chuck Schumer as the majority leader. Therefore, uh, it keeps Mitch McConnell from having to own any of the disaster. The climate change kids are going to have to figure out a way to accommodate all of this. And right now, the climate change kids are having a my way or the highway problem. Part of the problem they're having right now is their progressives don't want to work with anyone else and haven't found a way to build coalitions. Sunrise DC is a progressive activist group of the Sunrise Movement. The Sunrise Movement is a global movement to stop climate change. It is a progressive group fighting to enact climate change 
agendas. Sunrise DC is the Washington DC based chapter of the Sunrise Movement. They were going to participate in a rally for DC statehood. Why? They believe that DC statehood will give the Democrats two more senators, which will ensure the Republicans are never able to get back in power in the Senate. And they have decided to pull themselves out of a rally for statehood for Washington, D.C. No, no, not because of the carbon emissions that might come from it, but because Jews will be involved. Jews will be involved. The Jewish Council on Public Affairs, the National Council of Jewish Women, and the Religious Action Center for Reform Judaism will all participate in the rally for D.C. statehood. So the Sunrise Movement has said, nope, we're not going to participate because the Jews are involved. I'm not making that. They're, called, they're saying Zionists, but it's, it's because the Jews are involved. They won't participate in a rally for statehood. See, what the the Sunrise Movement and what the climate change alarmists are saying is they don't want to compromise. It's our way or the highway. They fundamentally have have believe that the planet is going to be destroyed. We're all going to die unless we do exactly what they want. And what they want is to destroy capitalism, Western society, and the American way of life. That's their only solution. It's been their solution since they thought that the climate was cooling back in the 70s. Because most of the environmentalists are watermelons. They're green on the outside, but they've always been red on the inside. They're a bunch of communists. You know, the Soviet Union used to prop up American environmental institutions back in the 1980s to agitate against nuclear war and nuclear power. And green nonsense. When the Soviet Union collapsed, those people, they stayed communist. And then they just turned into the environmentalist movement, started screaming about global warming so they could get money from the U.S. government. It's possible to think the climate is warming. It's also possible to think the scenarios from the climate change people are alarmist hysteria. And they don't want to cooperate. They don't want to compromise. It's their way or the highway. So it's probably time for us to embrace climate change, say we'll survive, maybe they won't, and offer them the highway. Americans continue to navigate through multiple crises this year. We the People, a Bradley speaker series, offers insights and ideas on the current challenges we face from some remarkable organizations the Bradley Foundation supports. Visit bradleyfdn.org liberty to watch their most recent episode. It features Stephen Suckup, author of The Dictatorship of Woke Capital, How Political Correctness Captured Big Business, an Encounter Books publication. In the episode, Suckup discusses the left's gradual takeover of corporate America and why the free market hasn't been able to prevent it, the dangerous impact of shareholder activism and efforts to push back on it. That's Bradley with an L-E-Y at the end, fdn.org slash liberty to watch the video. New episodes debut weekly. Go back often, subscribe to their YouTube channel to be notified when a new episode is posted. That's bradleyfdn.org slash liberty. Hi there, it is Eric Erickson here. You can call in and be a part of the program if you like. 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Guess what? There is a topic I try never to discuss on this program. Hamburger joints. Because there are cult followings for hamburger joints. In and out which is a West Coast staple, 
has a cult following. Its burgers are trash, but people on the West Coast who live in trash on the West Coast, they like their trash burgers from in and out because they can get them in all sorts of ways with all sorts of things piled high with ingredients that make them even more trashy, and they love it. I mean, for God's sakes, these are people who go to San Francisco and think San Francisco is a glorious non-armpit of the Western society. Then there is the glories of Whataburger. And all God's people recognize that Whataburger is superior. But Whataburger is hard to find, although we're getting them here in Georgia. There's also cookout for people who like a burger without eating much meat. There's five guys, which has become kind of ubiquitous. And then there's everything else out there. But I have to, I, I throw shade at in and out because I find it vastly overrated particularly when there's a Whataburger out there. But I got I to gotta give In-N-Out credit. The authorities in San Francisco have shut down In-N-Out burgers. The hamburger joint refused to demand its patrons fork over their vaccine card to get a burger. And in their statement, they say that they fundamentally are not public health officials. They're not the police. They should not have to police those customers who come in and want to buy a burger. They shouldn't have to discriminate among people who want a burger. And that if the if the police and the state of California and the government of San Francisco are that concerned about it, send law enforcement to, what a, to, to In-N-Out burgers and they can do the vaccine inspection at the door, but stop making what it also puts their employees in a dangerous situation. If someone becomes irate, I've had more than one encounter with people who either masks or vaccine cards have assaulted the person asking them to do something in and out wants no part of it. I can't blame them. It's a principled stand. And I guess it makes me like their, their restaurants, their fries are okay. Their shakes are good. I, I just, what a burger's better. What a burger's Texas. And Texas is better, but good for good for In and Out, uh, good for their lawyers standing up for the company. It, it it really is a fight that needs to be had by these companies. Uh, it's very much like you know the the federal government sometimes likes to enlist local law enforcement to do its bidding, and local law enforcement by and large will consent. But there are times local law enforcement says nope, not going to do it, and the federal government can't make them because the police power is actually of the states. And so if the state says, no, you can't help the feds, well, then you can't help the feds. It's it's essentially how you get around with sanctuary cities and stuff like that. City saying local law enforcement can't help you round up illegals. Sorry. It's working in conservatives' favor and in some cases here, like in, in and out, say, nope, we're, we're not going to be your police force. And this is one way that the left has decided to fight COVID is to enlist the private sector to do the things the public sector insists on doing, but the public sector can't or won't do, like vaccine mandates. The president imposing vaccine mandates on private sector companies. And now Delta and now Southwest are saying, nope, uh, we're not going to go down this road anymore. Sorry. Delta all along saying it's not going to do it. Another company starting to stand up. And now in and out Burger saying we're not going to be your police force either. Good for them. We need more of this nationwide. And we need more Whataburgers nationwide as well. Well, uh, Joe Manchin is out saying, nope, it is BS. It's not going to happen. 
Um, he is not leaving the Democratic Party, which begs the question of who David Korn's sources are. Maybe it was the Democrats trying to lock Joe Manchin in. And, I mean, this is the perfect thing here anyway. Um, you very much want to have Joe Manchin stay Democrat. You, you want to have Joe Manchin stay because if let, let's just play this out. If, if suddenly Mitch McConnell becomes the leader in the Senate, then suddenly the Republicans do own something and the Democrats really can talk about Republican obstruction. In the minds of the majority of the American public, the Democrats control it all now. You throw in suddenly McConnell becomes majority leader again and the Democrats can claim he's the foil for their whole agenda. Now, whether or not it works is another matter, but it, it gives them leverage in ways they don't have right now. And so Joe Manchin is saying he has no plans of switching to the Democratic Party. Now, I don't know if you know this, but today is apparently international, what is it, international pronoun day. The State Department uh, sending out a tweet today is International Pronoun Day, and we share why many people list pronouns on their emails and social media profiles. <sighs> Boy. Wow. We just, we've, we've lost our minds as a society. I got to tell you, there's a rule I have deployed. It has never failed me. In my life thus far, particularly engaging with people on social media, I have a rule that has never failed, never failed. Do not take seriously anyone who puts his pronouns in his Twitter bio or his email signature because you are dealing with a frivolous person. Of all the things on planet Earth to be worried about, you're worried about your pronouns. You're a frivolous person. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their own unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in their lusts of their hearts to impurity because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship and serve the creature instead of the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Therefore, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not be done. All right, I could go on. We're in Romans 1 territory here, people. International Pronoun Day. The, the State Department is concerned about your international pronouns at a time we still have a humanitarian refugee crisis in Afghanistan. Remember, this is the same State Department that decided it would fly the pride flag at the Vatican and made sure everyone knew. Notice they didn't fly the pride flag in Afghanistan. I wonder why that was. 
Meanwhile, we also have a humanitarian crisis at the border. Remember, just like inflation, they told us this was cyclical and transitory. And now here's the headline from the Washington Post. Border arrests have soared to all-time highs according to Border Patrol data. U.S. authorities detained more than 1.7 million migrants along the Mexico border during the 2021 fiscal year that ended in September. And arrests by the Border Patrol soared to the highest levels ever recorded according to unpublished U.S. Customs and Border Protection data obtained by the Washington Post. Illegal crossings began rising last year but skyrocketed in the months after President Biden took office. As Customs and Border Patrol arrests increased this past spring, Biden described the rise as consistent with historic seasonal norms. But the busiest months came during the sweltering heat of July and August when more than 200,000 migrants were taken into custody. During a confirmation hearing Tuesday for Chris Magnus, the Tucson border poli- or police chief, Biden is nominated to lead the Border Patrol. Republican senators pressed him to characterize the surge as a crisis. Magnus called it a significant challenge, adding the numbers are very high. Do you know who is really upset about the border crisis? Hispanic voters. Hispanic voters are really upset at the border crisis. They don't like what's happening in Texas. A lot of them are Texas Hispanic voters in Arizona and New Mexico, and they don't like it at all. They are genuinely concerned. And you've got this crisis at the border, and now they're having to return the Trump administration policy to leave the migrants in Mexico because there's a massive wave coming. There are 30 to 60,000 illegal immigrants walking through Central America right now while I'm talking. They are expected the end of October, beginning of November, at the rate they're, they're going. They are expected to arrive at the border. Many of them from Haiti, Colombia, and Venezuela. They came, just so you know, because the Biden administration announced when he was sworn in that he wasn't like Trump that people could come and we would let them in and we would deal with them when they got here and we would deal with them humanely and they want to be treated humanely and they want to come to America. They created this problem. The Biden administration did with their words, with their rhetoric, with their language. They created it. And, and now they're denying it. They're denying they played any role in it, but they're denying they played any role in Afghanistan as well. And they caused a problem there. They caused a problem in Afghanistan with the way we evacuated. It wasn't a matter of us leaving. It was a matter of, should we leave anyone behind? And if we leave, when should we leave? Do we want to leave during the fighting season or during the harvest season or the winter? And he chose the fighting season when they were already geared up to fight. And then the freaking Taliban, the Taliban called us and said, hey, We'll wait to come in. And no, 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 y'all, come on in. And now they're sending little advisories for the Biden administration. We're very sorry that the Taliban decided not to be as diverse and tolerant as they said they would be. We trusted them. 
And then you've got the situation around the country with police. Police leaving. Part of me wonders if the vaccine mandates being imposed on local law enforcement in progressive areas of the country are just ways to defund the police without saying they're defunding the police. Why not? I mean, some of these people want to defund the police. Some of these politicians in local communities, they want to defund the police. They know that they will get blown up by the public for doing so. So impose a vaccine mandate on police officers who don't want it. You get to defund the police by firing them all and then slow walk the rehiring. Now you've defunded the police. You've reduced the size of your police force without saying you're defunding the police. It wouldn't surprise me if that's what they're doing. But it's sparking greater crime waves around the country. You know, here in Atlanta, we continue to have an increase in shootings. And there was, I, I turned, got on my um, local newspaper, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution today, and there was a breaking news item that there was a shooting in a high-rise, leaving two people dead. There was a man shot in a car in southwest Atlanta. There was a shooting in Buckhead, which is a part of the, the city, well-to-do part of the city that now wants to secede from Atlanta. And it's not just here. Um, it is increasingly a crime wave across the country in areas where they want to defund the police. And it is increasingly around the country a situation where the Biden administration and the Democrats say we're not really doing it, and yet they're coming up with ways to get rid of the police. A Seattle small business owner was on Fox News this morning talking about this and what the Democrats are doing. Seattle's police department, they're facing a massive staffing shortage because 300 police officers uh, left during the defund the police movement. And now more are being forced out of their jobs because of this COVID-19 mandate. So what's going to happen to your business? I think a lot of business is going to close down and I have to be, you know, protecting myself by myself because I don't feel safe. I can't sleep well. Every night I wake up and I was like, okay, I'm going to go check my store. Two, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock, five o'clock, because I don't know what's going to happen. People, they don't care. They just break into your store to take even small things. If you don't have anything, just take whatever. Why? Because there's no police officer in the street. And, you know, this is not just Seattle. In, in San Francisco, Walgreens is closing a bunch of stores. More stores. And they're in denial that the San Francisco government and the left are in denial that Walgreens is closing stores because of shoplifting. They say, well, there were so many Walgreens stores already and they already wanted to downsize. They're using the shoplifting as an excuse. They won't take Walgreens' word for it. But there are videos that circulate of people walking into Walgreens and shoplifting. As long as they get less than $900 and walk out, they're not prosecuted. In fact, in a lot of places now, in a lot of Walgreens in California and CVSs, everything is behind glass. you got to get a, somebody to follow around the store with you to get any product. And they're in denial about it. the left is. You got a crime wave in the country. You've got kids in masks, and now the government wants to force your your elementary school kid to get a vaccine. You've got lower grades. 
You've got an American Pediatrics Association that said they wanted in-person learning. Immediately reversed the moment Donald Trump said, Let, let's do it. They're like, ah, we don't want to give Trump credit for this. No, let's not. The American Pediatrics Association is also the one that has done copious research on kids need facial recognition to build relationships. Don't put kids in masks. And then when people on the right said, let's not put kids in masks, they memory hold all that research. He said, oh, no, it's fine. There's no research out there on this. Yes, there is. You're lying about it. There's a border crisis. There's Afghanistan. There's inflation. There are gas prices. There are shortages. There's the border And it's all on Joe Biden's watch and the Democrats' watch. They control everything. It's no wonder the polling has taken the turn that it's taken for the Democrats. But on top of that, you would think that let's just, let's take the border. What we're seeing with the Democrats is that they're still letting Donald Trump live rent-free in their head. They're asking, what would Donald Trump do? And they're doing differently. But if Donald Trump did something that worked, shouldn't they go back to it? Like the Mexico City policy. The, the Biden administration is having to return to the Mexico policy of forcing people to stay in Mexico if they want asylum until they can be processed. It was a smart thing to do. It discouraged people from coming to the border. And Joe Biden decided to get rid of it because it was a Donald Trump idea. Joe Biden decided to disrupt Trump's timeline and plans for getting out of Afghanistan. All because he didn't like Trump. And the result is he's still letting Donald Trump steer the ship. I saw someone earlier say that the whole problem in the last four, five years is that people on both sides of the aisle kind of outsourced their thinking to Donald Trump. If Trump liked something, all of his supporters immediately liked it, even if they didn't like it the day before. And all the people who immediately liked it, who didn't like Trump, hated it the day after. If Trump came out against something, suddenly the left embraced it and the right hated it. Everybody let Trump decide for them what was so. Nobody thought for themselves. And the problem we have right now in this country with so many crises, including the border crisis, is no one's thinking yet. They're still letting Donald Trump shape what they think on an issue. The problem for the Democrats right now is that a majority of the public has for a very long time agreed with Donald Trump, but because Trump said it, the Democrats are against it, and they've caused the problem at the border to become even more extreme. Hi there, it is Eric Erickson here. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. They are in Noonan, Georgia, but they can help you nationwide. Uh, If your business needs to grow and you need access to loans six figures and up, well, then you need to reach out to them anywhere in the nation. They make their own lending decisions. They've been doing this since the early 90s. The Frost family is really good at this. They really, really are. Uh, And if you need help as a business, you need to buy a fleet of vehicles or build the building or buy a building, you really need to expand to talk to them. FirstLibertyGA.com is their website. You can get their contact info there. Spend 10 minutes with them. FirstLibertyGA.com. Good people. and You can get good results with them uh, if you're a good fit for them. Now, Dave Chappelle. I can't believe I'm still having to talk about this, but right now as I'm talking, uh, they are engaged in a walkout at Netflix corporate offices. According to uh, one of the people there, I've invited Dave Chappelle to have transformative dialogue with us, and he has made it clear that it is not of interest to him. This isn't cancel culture, but an avoidance of accountability. To account for what? He disagrees with you people. 
He's not into letting people pick their pronouns, nor is he against basic biology. You know, uh, Levine, what's his, what's his name? The, um, the Health and Human Services Assistant Secretary who's transgender just became an admiral. Uh, they're referring to him as female now. Female. Not a woman, but female, which is biological terminology. Uh, and he is not biologically female. And suddenly we've gone from, uh, see how rapidly this is shifting as well. As part of Chevelle's point, uh, we're rapidly shifting from where gender is a choice, but biology is natural and sex is, is part of biology to even biology is a choice. That's not the way science works, kids. I'm sorry. It's not the way science works. If you go to the doctor and tell them you are a female, they're not going to check for prostate cancer. Nor should they, because females do not have a prostate. It, this is basic biology. I, I shouldn't have to explain this, and yet here we are, and I'm apparently a bigot for explaining it. Dave Chappelle's entire point is that the transgender community doesn't empathize with anyone else and yet demands conformity to its agenda. And he's particularly talking about them and the black community. Uh, the black community has not advanced as quickly as the transgender community has in terms of elite acceptance. They certainly, the elite certainly give give lip service to the black community, but in terms of the transgender community, you know, one of his his monologues I saw he made the point says maybe they wouldn't feel as entitled if it weren't a bunch of white men. Ooh, that one hits. He's got a point. Ted Sarandos, who is the co-CEO, chief operating officer for Netflix, is now apologizing for so adamantly defending Chappelle. Of course, he's backing down. He's issuing an apology on the day of the walkout. By the way, he's sticking with Chappelle. Says they're not going to remove it, uh, but that he should have been. He should have been more humble, and in being more humble, he should have acknowledged the pain that words can do. Just not Chappelle's words, apparently. I mean, this is all more to build a climate of fear and censorship for what's happening in society. It's more censorship from left-wing social agitation groups against uh, against anyone who disagrees with them. You're not allowed to agree. You will be made to care, and you will be punished if you choose to care differently. That's part of the problem we're dealing with here. And now they want Chappelle to debate or else. Why debate then?